second first Sunday of the year of 2022. So first Sunday here in February, and we want to celebrate and remember the death of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. On this day, we are always remembering his death and what else, his passion that he shared with us as he gave his life for us as a ransom for our sins. And so we are remembering that on every first Sunday. And also, this is our first Sunday in Black history. Amen. And how many of y'all know Black history is not just about the past, but it's related to our future as well. So we are glad to be in this month that is very imperative um, for the acknowledgement of the sacrifices and the labor that has gone on in the past, not even just in the civil rights uh, era, but even prior to that, the groundbreakers of, of justice for us the Nat Turners, the Sojourner Truths, the Harriet Tubmans of the world. Um, we thank God uh, for their legacy, which is the reason why we're able to freely worship and freely express our beliefs and, and showing folks that we are not three-fifths of a person, but we are full humanity created in the image and the likeness of God. So we are thankful uh, for this day and for this season. And we're going to... Um, begin our worship service with um, our opening song, um, and that is Tasha Cobbs Leonard, and she is going to be singing your spirit. So as we prepare our hearts and our minds for worship, let us be blessed in song by Minister Tasha Cobbs Leonard, your spirit. And before we end that song, we will uh, open up with a prayer um, and then get into um, our scripture and then have another song and we'll continue on in that flow and in that order. God bless you all. Glad to, to have you here. I know many people are still waking up and going to be logging in to be a part of us this morning, but God bless you for those of you who are here. All right, Reverend Middleton, let's uh, go ahead and play that first selection.
Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We give God praise on this morning. Father God, we just thank you today. We thank you today, Lord. Another opportunity, Lord, to worship you. Father, we do stand in awe of you. By your spirit, Lord, we are praying today, Lord, as we worship you in spirit and in truth, that you will come not only into our worship service, but come in our midst too, in our very environment of where we are sitting and standing as we worship you on this morning. Father, we give you praise today. Lord, we are celebrating not only the history of our people during this month, but we're celebrating, Lord, the history of our relationship with you, Father. Thank you that you called us, Father, before we were even thinking about you. And thank you that you've kept us, Lord, even when we have not acknowledged you. And Father, we are so thankful just for the opportunity to be here, Lord, in the land of the living, Father, realizing, Lord, that one day this living that we do here on earth will come to an end. And we will be called home and we will wait to hear those words. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Now I will make you ruler and give you peace over many. Today, Lord, we pray for peace here on earth and our own situations. We realize, Father, that the world is going to continue to get more and more messed up. But Father, we thank you today that you've calibrated our spirits and you've calibrated our minds to be in tune with you, Lord. And every step, Father, that we take, Lord, we are led by you. You're leading us and you're guiding us, Lord, along the way. And so, Father, we ask right now that you don't withdraw your hand of mercy, that you do not withdraw your voice of cheer, Lord, and that you continue to lead us and guide us along the way. Father, we just lift you up today. We magnify you, Lord. We ask right now that you just come into our worship service as we celebrate you and your death and your passion that you shared with us on the cross way back on Calvary. Thank you for your death, Lord. And thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for the resurrection, Lord, knowing that you're the only true wise and living God. And Father, you deserve to be praise, Lord, and greatly to be praised. So today, Father, we greatly lift up our minds and our voice and our whole countenance to you today. Father, thank you today for waking us up. Thank you, Father, for starting us on our way. Thank you for giving us a reasonable portion of health and strength. Thank you, Father, that you woke us up in our right minds today. It's because of you, Lord, that we move and we have our being. And today, Father, we just want to say thank you. And as we get into your word, Father, as we learn from you, Father, I ask that you will touch us, Father, and that you will just continue to guide us, Lord. And Lord, we lift up this Black History Month today, Lord, as we celebrate the accomplishments of many who've gone on before us. And we celebrate the accomplishments of many who are still living here with us. Help us to find our place in history and help us to help with the rewriting of the history and shaping, Father, not the history, not only, Lord, but of the future of our people. And Father, we are praying right now that you will bless our folk, Father, that you will just meet their needs today. And it's in the darling, wonderful, magnificent name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. If the church say amen. 
we're going to have our scripture and Reverend Middleton is going to come to us. And after that, we will have uh, another selection um, by Marvin Sapp and it's called Praise Him in Advance. Amen. So we want to uh, hear from our uh, preacher. Amen. At this time, who's going to uh, read our scripture. Amen. 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 Good morning, church. <clears throat> I'm reading Matthew 6, verses 25 through 34. This is the English Standard Version. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body. What you will put on is not life more than, more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor weep nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Yeah. Are you not more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Mm. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the uh, lilies of the field, how they grow and they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of the mm -hmm. field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, Come on. Will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to yeah. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, mm -hmm. for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Yes. I've read Matthew 6, verses 25 through 34. Let the Lord add a blessing to the hearing and reading of his word. Amen. 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 We'll be blessed in song now uh, by Reverend Marvin Sapp. Praise him in advance. And that's what we ought to do is praise God in advance of what you're asking him for and what you're expecting. We praise him in advance to him answering our prayers. Amen. That's what faith is all about. Amen. Amen. I know he's looking for that. Amen. Thank you all for your presence again and for being here on this morning. We thank God for you continuing to support us, not only with your presence, but uh, financially as we are able to uh, get ahead and move forward. Amen. Amen. All right, Reverend Middleton. Oh, I people were laughing. People were laughing. 
Praise him.
praise him. him in advance we don't wait for the battle is over to shout amen because we know in the end we're gonna win so we praise him in advance amen thank you uh to uh, bishop marvin Sapp for that selection he has an anointed ministry uh, i remember we started to follow him um when he came out and i think it was 2007 he said he saw the best in me when everyone else around could only see the what the worst in me. So we thank God for his ministry. We know his testimony of losing his wife, amen, uh, to cancer. And he continued to stand strong and continues to put out hits. And we thank God for his ministry. Um, at this time, we're going to be celebrating and uh, continuing in our worship service as we celebrate through the opportunity to give. Uh, the word of God tells us to give and it shall be given unto you with a good measure pressed down. So we ask uh, for your faithfulness and your giving, your tithes and your offering. Um, so good to see you. And it's definitely good to, uh, to know, amen, that you are still supporting uh, the work of the ministry. You are planting your, uh, your gifts and your seeds on good ground, amen, on, on fertile ground. And, and we thank God that he's continuing to give us uh, the increase. Amen. Go ahead, Reverend Middleton. Amen. Amen. It, for those y'all can see the slide, uh, it should be before you right now. For those of you who can't see, it says worship and giving. There are three ways to give, and it's in no particular order. The first way that we have listed here is Cash App, Cash App, and it is dollar sign Calvary CME Pasadena, Cash App is dollar sign Calvary CME Pasadena, and that is Cash App. The next way to give is Givelify, and that's Calvary Christian Methodist Episcopal Church. That's Givelify, is Calvary Christian Methodist Episcopal Church. That's Givelify. The third way to give is our regular mail, and that is Calvary CME Church, 135 Glorietta Street, Pasadena, California, 91103. Again, that is regular mail, Calvary CME Church, 135 Glorietta Street, Pasadena, California, 91103. And uh, below that is a scripture text that says, give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That is Luke 6, 38. To give you an opportunity to give, we're going to play Blessings by John P. Key. Amen.
you so much for your gifts father we thank you for those who gave and ask that you will continue to uh, bless them with the resources to give thank you for their faithfulness and their support of uh, the ministry and the work of the church lord we ask right now that you will uh, continue to give them favor on their jobs and their careers and their professions lord and that you will increase father their income father increase father uh, those things that you have uh, blessed them with, uh, the benefits, Lord, the 401ks. We're praying right now for protection over our people's finances today, Lord, and that you will increase them. And we thank you today, Father, for the faithfulness that they have. Father, you told us in your word that uh, 
our hearts and our giving are aligned. And so, Lord, it is important that as we give, Lord, that we remember all that you've given us. And so today we thank you for that opportunity to give. Amen. Amen. So we're going to have um, our selection before we come uh, with the word of God. I hope you're excited. Amen. Uh, we're going to continue on in Matthew. Um, we, we talked uh, earlier uh, about Matthew and the need to know how to pray to pray profitably in order to be able to pray and to move the hand of God. We don't want to pray just to pray, uh, but there's other lessons that he shared with us uh, in this text. But we're going to be blessed um, by Hezekiah Walker uh, in the song, God Favored Me. And after that, we will have the preaching of the word of God. Amen. This is my testimony, everybody. How God favored me in spite of my enemies. And if God did it for me, he'll do the same thing for you. Don't worry about your haters. Your haters can't do nothing with you. Listen to these words. Love is patient, caring. Love is kind. Love is felt most. Love is felt most when, when it's genuine. I had my share of love abuse, manipulated, and its strength misused. And I can't help but to give God glory. When I think about my story, oh yeah, y'all, I got a story to tell. And I know you favored me, you favored me because, <laughs> because my enemies, my enemies they did try, but they couldn't try over, over me. Yes, they did yes, try, but it didn't work. I'm still here. That's all right. I'm still blessed. On my way to yeah. my destiny, because the favor of God is on my life. Let me tell you about love. Listen. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is felt most when it's genuine. Yeah. I had a whole lot of people in my life. abuse my love they manipulated it and took the strength of it and tried to misuse it but I can't help but to give God glory today when I think about all I've been through and I still came out on the winning side I don't know about you, but I know that he favored me because my enemies, hmm, they did try. Sing it, y'all. But they couldn't triumph over me because great is he that is in me than he that's in the world. That's what they did. That's what they did. They told a whole lot of lies, but God favored me. 
my character, my integrity, my, integrity. my faith in God, he favors me, but it would not will fall, not fall. Would, not bend. will not bend, won't compromise, won't compromise. God favors me. me, I spoke I life, life and, prosperity. and prosperity, I even spoke health, he favors me, they whispered, they whispered about me, they conspired against me. They told a whole lot of lies on me, but God faithed me. My character, my faith in God, He faithed in me. It will not fall, not going to bend, won't compromise. I speak prosperity, and I speak health. Yeah. I promised him that I wouldn't compromise although I was going through and I spoke life and I spoke prosperity and I spoke
God. Thank God, everybody. One more time, everybody, lift your voice all over this world and say, God favors me. Thank you, Lord, for your favor. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit that is able to console us, that's able to comfort us, able to guide us, Father, and even to restore the joy to us that came when we first got saved. Restore unto us the joy of our salvation. Let us remember when we first said yes to you, Father. Thank you today for this worship experience, Lord. Even though it's online, Father, we're doing our, our best, Father, to worship you in spirit and in truth, to take our time, Father, and be intentional in our worship and in our expressions. We realize that there's many who lay down last night and had no idea they would not get an opportunity to wake up and to gather with their brothers and sisters to worship you one more time. Thank you, Lord, that we are in that number of those who are able to get up. And so now, Lord, we're asking that you will bless us through this preaching, that you will minister to our needs and uh, any of those sufferings, Father, those things that we're suffering through, that, Lord, you will give us the strength and the grace to endure. And not only to endure, Lord, but to be victorious and to come out on the other side. And so now, Lord, we ask that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable and pleasing unto you, for you alone, my God, are my strength, and you are my redeemer. And so, Lord, I lean on you heavily and decrease all of Eric and ask that your Holy Spirit increase in me to speak to your people. And we give you the praise and the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew, the sixth chapter. We have uh, looked at Matthew, the sixth chapter, um, and we will look at it in its entirety today. We began um, this chapter preaching and talking about how to pray for results, how to pray profitably how to actually use the expressions of your lips to pray and to move the hand of God, not to pray just to pray because that's what our mother and fathers did or to follow a tradition of prayer. Because how many of y'all know that prayer without the power, amen, is unprofitable? Uh, there, there is no sense that all you're doing is citing words, you're reciting words when you pray and there is no power. And I'm not talking about being able to use big words and articulate um, in a way, man, that makes you a, a great wordsmith or a great speaker, but I'm talking about praying, not trying to impress nobody, but you're just talking to your creator, 
talking to your father? Well, you know, it's something that after prayer and he taught the disciples how to pray, that he immediately went into a discussion about money. Right after prayer and teaching the disciples about prayer, he goes immediately into a discourse about wealth and the danger in laying up treasure on earth and having nothing to show for it when you get to heaven. How many of y'all know there's going to be a lot of folks that's going to make it to heaven, but for those who make it there, and we're not trying to judge who's going to make it there, as we say, by the skin of their teeth, amen, because if you make it, you make it. But to make it to heaven and to have no rewards in heaven. No doubt, I'm sure that there will not be any prejudice in heaven. There's no classism in heaven. There's no socioeconomic structures in heaven. There's the creation and the creator. The only point is the only activity that happens in heaven is worship. So now if you're having a hard time worshiping, Somebody say, man, worshiping down here. Don't expect for the activity to be anything different or less profound and impactful, in fact, in heaven. You don't want to worship them down here. Why you want to go to heaven? And so after praying and after teaching the disciples to pray, Jesus goes into a discussion about wealth and he tells them not to lay up treasure. He tells them. Um, that it's important not to serve two masters, money and God. I know many of us, many of you are workaholics. And you have to have a balance between your work life, your home life, and your spiritual life. And I'm assuming as your pastor that you have a spiritual life. I know you've got a work life. I know you've got a home life. I'm assuming that you have a spiritual life. And um, I'm not assuming that just because you're here and you've been faithful in coming. There's a lot of folks who are faithful in coming to church, but they're not faithful in developing their spiritual lives to earn rewards. So he goes into the conversation, Brother Damien, right after talking about praying and fasting he talks about wealth and he tells them therefore and i'm going to read it to you matthew 6 25 through 30 34 and i'm coming to the from you to you from the new king james version and he says that therefore since i just said to you that you can't serve two masters And you understood that. Therefore, he says, let me further say, don't worry about your life. He says, do not worry about your life. 
And he goes into what we worry about in our lives. Because, you know, some folks probably was looking at him like, hey, it's crazy. Like, what you mean don't worry about my life? He said, okay, let me make it plain. Don't worry about what you eat. Don't worry about what you're going to drink. Don't worry about your body. What you're going to put on your body. He says, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Verse 26, look at the birds. Amen. We got two new pets in our family now, two birds, amen, that we that the kids purchased for themselves over the holidays. And I hear Loki and Tweety in the morning. And I know they're not worried about what they're going to eat or drink because they're rolling around in a condo with wheels on it with water and food there for them to eat and drink. And the Loki and Tweeties of the world exist right outside your window. You look, they're not worried about, amen, what they're going to eat or drink because God has already provided for them. He says that, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? That ought to make you feel good right there. God values you and loves you more than the birds. Amen. <laughs> Uh, my Angelou said, I know why the cage bird sings. Well, I know that the birds are taken care of. That's why they can sing. I know why it sings too, because they got a God that takes care of them. And just like they wake up singing, amen, and I'm woken up with them, you ought to wake up praising God and singing to him too. Just like I believe the birds have such beautiful expressions and, and their songs, amen, and in their tweet, because they ain't got to worry about them. Well, we ought to be able to sing a song. Somebody ought to have a song in their heart knowing that God is going to provide for you. So which of you, verse 27, can add, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? This is a Greek phrase, and it refers to adding time to one's lifespan. The question is, and I'm asking you too, how many of you all can increase the days of your life, the days of living, by worrying. How many of y'all believe that you live longer by worrying more? Amen. I'm in good company then. Amen. I didn't see any hands raised and I don't think it's just because I see two other faces. Amen. I can't see the rest of you. But the reality is I believe you're not raising your hand behind that camera because you know that worrying does not add any life to your span. In fact, I believe it's quite the opposite. In fact, you've heard me say before that I know for sure that there are more people in graveyards that have lost their lives because of worry. We just heard about a beautiful young lady, a young 30-year-old Black woman who's a former Miss USA, was depressed about aging, didn't want to get older. 30-year-old young woman and took her life. She jumped off the balcony of her condo in New York. Let me tell you something. Folks are worried about things that they shouldn't be worried about. And you know what? Folks are going through things. You can look at folks in their face and 
see that they're going through something. But you can't always see that. I'm going to let you know right now, there's a lot of people, even on this line, who's worried and who's going through some things and you never know. Not everyone talks about what they're going through. But the reality is there's a lot of folks that's worrying. And I know for a fact that people lose their lives from worrying all the time. Why? Because worry tears up your body. That's why a lot of folks have heart attacks and have strokes from stress. Going to cardiac arrest and have an aneurysm because of stress, lose their lives. Then your bodies become a fertile ground and your balances are off. And all of a sudden, cancerous cells begin to grow because you're digesting all the negativity of, that your mind feeds you. Verse 28, so why do you worry about your clothes? Consider the lilies of the fields, how they grow, they neither toil nor their spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon, all of his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. He wasn't clothed like one of these, and Solomon was a sharp brother. Verse 30, but now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? He said, look here, if I provide for the lilies of the field and clothe them in their splendor, don't you think I'm going to make sure that you have your basic needs covered? Now, a lot of times you have folks that the Lord blesses to have their basic needs cover, and they take that money and go to the casino. They take that money and put it all on black, put it all on, on red or green, take that money and put it all on, on scratches or, 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 or the numbers go up high enough, they're going to drop their whole check. Look, that's foolishness. He's giving you. And then you get mad at God saying, you told me you was going to bless me. Well, he also, just because God can deliver you from standing in front of a Mack truck, he's not telling you to go jump in front of one. Verse 29, and I say to you that even Solomon, verse 30, if, if close, amen. Verse 30, now if God so close the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown to the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Verse 34, 31, therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. Your, your heavenly father knows that you need all these things before you even ask. He knows what you need before you ask. Verse 33, but check this out. He said, don't worry about all that stuff, but just what you need to do. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. And, 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 and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added unto you. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. Remember, I was talking to you about our prayers. If you want to hear God answer your prayers, then your prayers ought to align with what his will is. Remember, we want God's kingdom. We should be concerned about helping to fulfill the kingdom calling, what God's agenda is for his kingdom and what his agenda is in our lives for his kingdom. Well, you see that same principle carried over here as it relates to setting yourself up in a position where he begins and continues to bless you. Why? Because you're not focused or worried about what you don't have. Right? But you're thanking him for what you already have, knowing that he's going to provide for you what you don't have. 
Verse 34, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I know that's right. Listen, the word of God says, listen, tomorrow going to have its own challenges. Why are you worried about all? Why are you worried about tomorrow? Worry about today. Folks be sitting up there. I wonder what I'm going to eat tomorrow. What are we going to eat tomorrow? And I know, sisters, I know y'all have to plan menus. And so you, you want to make sure you get all the prep work out of the way. You want to make sure you're good so that you have a meal. That's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about is if you're in the middle of something and he's meeting your needs right now, he's saying, why are you worried about what you don't need today? But you're worried about what the needs are for tomorrow. He says, tomorrow going to take care of itself. How many of y'all know that as a fact that when you start worrying about stuff and you and you let it go, you see that God takes care of it. He already had a plan for it. All we had to do was just sit back, watch, and wait and trust God. That's the hard part. We are so impatient as a people. We want God to answer our prayer quick, fast, and in a hurry. And he says, no, some things you have to wait on. I'm going to give you these five things that will bless you today. And if I were to really choose a subject today, it would be. Don't worry, because it won't change a thing. If I were to choose a subject, be don't worry, it won't change a thing. This is the 13th lesson of Jesus. This is the 13th teaching of Jesus. And immediately after he talks about prayer, fasting, money, and then worry. Notice it. Notice he taught prayer. He talked about fasting. He talked about money. Then he talked about worry. How many of y'all know some things just don't change? These were in biblical days. He's talking like this. Before, before folks had car, nice cars to drive and nice houses to live in, and before they had name brand clothes and all those things, he, folks were worried back then. But he said, why y'all worried? I still got you. How many of y'all know that God doesn't change? You remember the songwriter, uh, Bobby McFarlane. He says, here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. Oh, yeah, somebody finish it. What? Be happy. Be happy now. Listen, ironically, Jesus goes immediately into a discussion about worrying. And after talking about worrying, he talks about money, laying up treasures. How many of you would say that your life has become more challenged lately than ever before? How many would say that you've had more sleepless nights recently than you had in the past? Hmm. Well, I'm here to encourage you to let you know the reality is trouble will not and does not last always. So I'm going to give you five reasons why you shouldn't work. Let me get right into it. The first one is number one in verse 25. We see it here. We see it. Therefore, I say you don't worry about your life, what you eat, what you will drink, what your body uh, will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Number one, he said life is more than stuff. Life is more than materialism. That's the first. That's the first reason why you shouldn't worry because life is more than materialism. Life is more than stuff. I get it. We've had some stuff taken from us. We've lost some stuff. 
we've given some stuff away. We've gone too long without having enough stuff. Notice I'm saying stuff. Because the stuff I'm talking about is the material things, all the things that is not needed for your survival. He said, look here, life is more than things that you don't need for your survival. Life is more than that. You know, you have some folks, amen, my daughter, amen, her first car, she actually wanted a Hummer H2, you know, just growing up out here with these folks, you're going to school with Snoop's kids and they driving Hummers and all this stuff. You think you're supposed to have that too. Well, no, I'm not Snoop. I don't have that kind of money. Your first car, you're going to be blessed with what we can afford to get you. She needs a car. She don't need a Hummer. You need a car, some of you. You don't need what you want, though. Am I right about it? You got to work towards some things. Work and save and allow God to bless you. So the first thing, first reason why you shouldn't, should not uh, 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 worry, uh, Brother Jeff, is because life is more than material things. Good to see you. The second reason why you should not worry is found in the 26th verse. And you see it very clearly. Look at the birds of the air. But they neither, they neither sow nor they reap in barns. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. He says, why should you not worry? He says, because you're more valuable than them. He says, he's able to supply all your needs. First reason you shouldn't marry is because, worry is because life is more important than materialism. But second reason why you shouldn't worry is because he's able to supply all of your needs. Now, he can supply your wants, too. And see, that's where we get into into trouble as preachers when we start talking about this name and claim it, this prosperity preaching. Because a lot of preachers will preach to you that if you don't have the beans, if you don't have the beamer, if you don't have the five acres and a a, a white picket fence, then there's got to be some sin in your life that's unaccounted for. That's a lie from hell. How many of y'all know that God loves you and sometimes he'll take you through and he'll take from you? He'll allow it to be taken to realign you and to recalibrate your attention and your focus. God will do whatever it takes to get your attention. Have you not learned that throughout life yet? Life is more than materialism. And God is able to supply all your needs. Remember the 23rd number of Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, what I shall not want. He is your shepherd. That means he will provide for you. The second reason why you should not worry, and we're moving right along, not only is life more than materialism, as we see in verse 25, and not only is it because God is able to supply all your needs, as we see in verse 26 and in the 23rd number of Psalm, but also the the, the third reason why we should not worry is because it can not help you or your situation one bit. Now that right there, I ought to be able to just, 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 just end the word right there. It should I ought to be able to, to just count on you and myself not to worry anymore. Why? Because we realize that it can't help us one bit. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? Now I, I, I stand to be corrected. If you can tell me how worrying has blessed you. Please unmute yourself and let me know. 
If anybody can tell me how worrying has helped you, unmute yourself, let me know. Thank you. Why? Because worrying does not help you or your situation. In fact, it makes it worse. Do you know that your worrying can affect the whole, the whole atmosphere? That's why you've heard this, the, the, you heard people say happy wife, happy life. Oh, there's some truth to that. Because if mama's attitude ain't right, guess what? The whole house's attitude ain't going to be right. If your attitude ain't right as a father, when you come home, guess what? You're going to affect the attitude of your wife and your children. Amen. That's why sometimes you ever notice I had to not be that one. When you come home and your kids go into another room. No, no. I used to do that to my father. Because I knew that he's going to have some chores or something for me to do. Or he want to talk about something. And so the reality is. Worrying is not going to help you one bit. In fact, it's just going to do the opposite. It's going to destroy you from the inside out. And guess what? It destroys your relationships. The fourth reason why we should not worry. Realizing that trouble don't last always and that we've been made endure for a night and joy comes in the morning is because when you worry you act as if you have no faith first 30 so he says if god closed the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven will he not much more clothe you oh you of little faith this ain't carpenter's uh, interpretation this is the word of god i'm just expounding what the word is clearly saying when you worry you act as if you have no faith. What happens when you worry? You call into question the word and the character of God. What do you mean by that, Pastor? What I mean by that is when you call into question, when you act like you worry, that means that you're acting like you don't trust God. You're acting like God cannot be trusted or cannot be taken for his word. Now, listen, I know that some people have given you that word and they lied to you. They've let you down. But I mean, I know that many of you and most of you know, amen, that when God gives you his word, he will not fail you. He will not let you down. Amen. And so we don't want to call into question. The character of God. The reality is, though, do you realize that sometimes we give up on God quicker than we give up on the folks we need to give up on? We hold on to folks that we need to let go of. We hold on to situations that we need to let go of. We hold on to uh, thoughts and ideologies that we should just simply let go of. Why? Because it's what we want, but it's not what God is providing for you at this time. And so what happens is we call into question the character of God. Don't give up on God. If God is saying that he's going to make sure that he gives you a, a, a good spouse or a good job or a, 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 a good car and a good home, don't give up on God. Keep doing what you need to do. Keep being faithful. Keep showing up. Keep doing, keep saving. Keep making yourself available. Do what you need to do. So that when God blesses you, you won't be surprised and you know what to do with it. Some of us have been blessed and we wasn't ready for the blessing. Some of us have squandered blessings that God has saved for, to give us. He saved up for us and he, he blessed us with it and we just messed up, 
messed up a relationship, messed up an opportunity, messed, messed over money, messed over. Listen, let's just be real about it. We don't want to call into question the character of God. That's why he says we ought to know the will of God by knowing the character of God. Don't give up on God. Don't ever give up on God. Don't give up on yourself. Especially when God is living inside of you. You give up on yourself and you say that God is living in you, then that means you're giving up on God too. I don't know if that young woman was a Christian that took her life, but there are a lot of Christians who do take their lives. Be strong. And always keep your eyes open to others who are in your life, amen, who are going through. Don't assume that everybody's okay. Come up outside of your own situation so that you can be concerned about somebody else going through. Because if you ever notice that once you stop worrying about your own situation and concentrating on your own inadequacies or deficiencies, that God actually winds up filling that need. He actually winds up answering that prayer because you didn't spend your time worrying and focusing all that time and energy on your situation that you couldn't change, but you focused your time and energy on a situation in somebody else's situation that needed to hear from you. And he winds up blessing you anyway. The last point I'll give you and the last reason why we shouldn't worry before we receive our communion is verse 32. And you ought to underline verse 32. It says that for after all these things the Gentiles seek, your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. The last reason and the most important reason is I'm giving you the fifth reason why you shouldn't worry. It's because he already knows what you need. I know that it doesn't seem like God really knows that you need new tires or a new car or a new job or that you need other things, amen, that you may have not even expounded on. They have not even asked him for but he knows already what it is you need. That ought to cause you to have the type of confidence that you had when you knew that your mother and daddy had your back. I pray that you both were, that you were able to say that for sure, that you knew when your mother and father had your back. You knew that you needed something, but you knew that you didn't have to worry about even asking because you knew your mother and father was paying attention to what it was you needed and they just provided for you. Well, that's the posture we ought to take as it relates to God and our relationship with him. He already knows what you need before you ask. And so as we get ready to close on this particular message, I want to encourage you to stop worrying, to stop worrying about things you cannot change. Remember the prayer of serenity. You you, you, got to know, you got to have wisdom to know the difference between changing the things that you can and letting go of the things you can't. It takes wisdom. It takes courage. But I want to let you know that the negative effects of worrying 
affects you mentally and physically, makes you unable to eat or sleep, or causes you to overeat or to oversleep, sleep too much. It causes the object of your worry to consume your entire life. Amen. It causes the object of your work, thank you, Brother Britt, to, 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 to consume your, 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 your thoughts. What else? It disrupts you from productivity. The reason why some folks ain't productive is because they weren't too much. You weren't about things that you didn't get blessed on, and now you're about to miss a blessing on things you can get because you still focus on things that you missed out on. I don't know who I'm talking to today. But please, stop worrying because it's disrupting your productivity. Stop worrying because it negatively affects the way you treat others. How many of y'all ever heard of passive aggressive, passive aggression? Some folks are so passive aggressive and don't realize that they're passive aggressive. And it's all because they're sitting up there worrying about things, amen, that they, that they have not articulated and no one even knows what they're going through. People always assume you know what they're going through sometimes, too. Remember that. They assume. Folks cannot. I don't know. Pastors don't know that you're amen. having a bad week. Pastors don't know that you're having a bad week. Pastors don't know that there's a unless you tell us, unless you tell me. But it disrupts not only productivity, but it negatively affects your relationships and the way that you treat others, what else does it do? It reduces your ability to listen, to trust in God. When you are a habitual worrier, that means that you are someone that habitually distrusts God. When you worry all the time, y'all, that means that you're trusting God none of the time. Oh, ye of little faith. He's scared. If he's scared, if he cares about the flowers and he cares about the birds, don't you think he cares about you? You were created in his image. It didn't say the bird was created in his image. It didn't say that the flower was created in his image. You only create something in your image that you love. Our children, they're created in our image. And guess what? We love them, not just because they look like them, but they are part of us. We are part of God. He cares. He cares for you. We don't want to have our, the ability to trust God reduced. Worry immobilizes, but guess what? Faith moves. It's okay to be concerned, but it's a problem when you worry. That's being overly concerned. Because what happens? It stops you in your tracks. You, you, not, you won't take risk when you're worried. And so a lot of times, Amen. I know that some of us are risk takers and we're married to people who may not be risk takers. And we love to show folk, our, our, our spouses who are not the risk takers. Look, see, if I had to listen to you and didn't take that risk, we'd still be here. But sometimes it's worth not taking a risk. God says, listen to my voice. He says, look at what I do in nature and tell me if I'm taking care of nature, how am I not going to take care of you? And you were created in my image. You're my son and you're my daughter. You think I'm not going to make sure that your needs are not, are not met. Listen, I get it, church. Everybody's going through something right now. I get it. I know all of you. Somebody, and I ain't talked, I don't know all of your personal situation, but I know most. I know everybody on this line is going through something. But how you react to it is going to determine 
whether or not you're going to be able to shout a, a prayer of victory or whether or not you're going to worry more and separate yourself even more from the folks who love you and the God who created you. Here's some words I just simply have to say to you. And I hope that you would take them with you. These five reasons of why you should not worry. But the most important reason I can give you why you should not worry is because those of you who are parents or you have young people that's watching you, you don't want to create a generational worrier. Just like we pass on our sins from generation to generation, we pass on our bad habits from generation to generation. Don't let them see you worrying and, and, and surely don't let them hear you, hear your discussion and your turmoil. Keep some things to yourself. Stop making your children your best friends. Your children sometimes are just your children. They can't handle what you handle. Let them see you pray when they know you're under attack. Let them see and hear your voice reflect that of faith and not of doubt. When they're watching you, watching how you're going to handle a situation. Because I want to let you know, they're watching. I don't care how old your kids are. They may be 20. They may be grown. They're still watching. God is watching. So just remember that when you worry, you're calling into question the character and the promise of God that he will never leave you nor forsake you. That he said that I will make sure that I supply all of your needs according to my riches in glory. I'm so glad that the Lord ain't ran out of money and ain't ran out of riches. I'll tell you right now, because I know I've had my fair share. Some of you can attest to that. You've had your fair share of blessings. And I'm so glad that he ain't through blessing me. But I'm going to learn to trust him more and more. Father, thank you today for your word. I love preaching your word to your people. I love learning. I love hearing your word, Father. And I love speaking your word. Pray right now that you will create that same love in people that are here. Help us to want to be better and do better. As we remember you on today and we prepare our hearts to receive communion, hear our prayers, Lord, minister to our situations and bless us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Reverend Middleton, you can go ahead and uh, bless us with a uh, song as we get ready uh, to get into our communion service. There may be one today who... Um, has not accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, and you'd like to do that, that opportunity uh, is here for you now. I never want to uh, pass up the opportunity for you to receive salvation, amen, through the confession um, of your, the confession of your mouth, uh, of your sins, and asking God to be your Lord and Master. There may be one today, amen, as we hear Tasha Cobbs, Leonard sing power in the blood. There may be one today. There may be one. And if not, we're going to be blessed, amen, as you prepare to go and get your um, elements for communion. If you have the grape juice, if you have cranberry juice, 
and you have crackers, those kinds of things. We want to make sure you prepare yourself. So I'm going to um, cut off the camera just for one minute and gonna allow you opportunity yourself uh, to go and get the elements so that we can take communion together. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and bless us in song, Reverend Middleton. Thank you, sir. From day, from day to day, yeah, it will never, never lose its power. We know where the power is. Let us prepare. Good morning and welcome our, to prayers for your day. This amen. Amen. We are preparing our uh, self for communion at this time. For those of you who um, have your elements with you, I want you to make sure that you have them before you so that we can um, take it together. All right. We're going to take it all together. All right. At one time. Amen. And um, I'll let you know when we get ready to receive that so that we're all on one accord. All right. So just reading to you the service of Holy Communion, the prayer of general confession. And many of you may know this, and I'll still pray this with you, but we're going to have the invitation. Ye that do truly and earnestly repent of your sins and are in love and charity with your neighbors and intend to lead a new life following the commandments of God and walking from henceforth in his holy ways, draw near with faith and take this holy sacrament to your comfort and make your humble confession to almighty God meekly kneeling upon your knees. The prayer of confession, all of you, amen, who may know it, and those of you who don't, let's pray with me. Almighty God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, maker of all things and judge of all people, we acknowledge and bewail our manifold sins and wickedness, which we from time to time most grievously have committed by thought, word, and deed against thy divine majesty, provoking most justly thy wrath and indignation against us. 
we do earnestly repent and are heartily sorry for these our misdoings. The remembrance of them is grievous unto us. Have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, most merciful Father. For thy Son, our Lord Jesus Christ's sake, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may hereafter serve and please thee in the newness of life and to the, glory, the honor and glory of thy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. The church say amen. And then our prayer of consecration. Almighty God, our heavenly Father, who of thy tenderest mercy did give thine only Son, Jesus Christ, to suffer death upon the cross for our redemption, who made there by his oblation of himself once offered a full, perfect, and sufficient sacrifice, oblation and satisfaction of the sins of the whole world, and did institute and in his holy gospel commanded us to continue a perpetual memory, that's what we're doing every Sunday, of every first Sunday, of that his precious death until he comes again. Hear us, merciful, hear us, O merciful Father. We most humbly beseech thee and grant that we receive in these thy creatures of bread and wine according to thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ's holy institution and remembrance of his death and passion may be partakers of his most blessed body and blood. On the same night he was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of this, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you and for many for the remission of sins. Do this as often as you shall drink it in remembrance of me. Everybody, let's take the body of our Lord and Savior together. Hold it up. Amen. Hold it up. Amen. Let's take it and eat it together. By faith, it'll preserve our soul and body into everlasting life. After supper, he asked the disciples to, to take the cup. Will you lift your cups today? Amen. Amen. Lift it together. Let's drink it together now. By faith, it too shall preserve our souls and body into everlasting life. Let us pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Well, we thank God for those of you who shared with us uh, during this communion service. We have Thank you for your patience and for your support. I love all of you. God bless. Father God, we thank you again today for this worship opportunity. And Lord, we're praying, Lord, that you will just be with us throughout the week. And we're expecting some good news this week, Father. And we're expecting, Father, to hear, and, uh, hear from you and to see your hand of mercy moving. And so, Lord, we pray right now for everyone to have a positive, prosperous, and peaceful work week.
until we meet again. And now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit, may it rest, rule, and abide with you now and forever. Let the people of God say amen. Amen.